0: What up, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast, presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Download the app, use the promo code DNBR when you sign up today. It's been a crazy day. Obviously, the beginning of the early signing period, CSU football announced 34 signings in total. They've got five scholarships still open. We'll see what happens there, so the possibility of signing another uh, one or two players here before the end of the early period you could always sign some guys in February, and if not, then you ultimately have some flexibility after spring ball. Uh, there's always the possibility that some more scholarships open up anyways with the way that people seem to be constantly transferring out of every single program across the country. It's, uh, it's chaos. The difference between this year's class and last year's class, uh, way more high school guys and I want to credit the staff for doing a great job of holding on to those commits. You know, they basically signed everybody that had been committed, did lose Israel Polk, but he was only committed for 11 days. Uh, Richie Anderson was the only long-term commit that they lost. So really impressive job. Really, really impressive job by the staff. I think athletically, this is one of the more impressive classes that CSU has signed. Obviously, we're going to have to see, you know, when they get to the field, you know, how it pans out and all that. I don't like awarding anybody anything, you know, before they've earned it. But I really do like the foundation of the roster right now. Still would like to see them add another transfer offensive lineman or two if possible. But again, I I really just think this staff deserves a ton of credit for just doing a great job. I'm going to break down this class in more detail tomorrow. It's probably going to be a two-part pod. It might be one. We'll have to see. Definitely a really intriguing class, though, so I'm looking forward to breaking that down. On today's pod, we're going to be talking hoops. CSU men's basketball dropped a tough one to USC. They end up falling by nine out in Phoenix. Competitive, you know, I I felt like CSU actually hung tougher than I anticipated coming in. At least that's what my gut said. Just ended up coming up a little short, and, you know, sometimes it goes like that. Sometimes you can play tough and just not win. I mean, there were things that CSU could have done better. I'll talk about that, talk about who shined and all of that. Uh, Real quick, though, I do want to shout out the homies over at DraftKings Sportsbook. As always, this show is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of the NFL. They're my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. I love the same-game parlays. I love odds boosts. I love live betting. I love that they have easy and fast payouts, player props. I mean, it's really endless. There's so much to check out. Every single time I, do- I not download, every single time I sign into the app, I'm always just amazed by what's new and what's exciting. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out, though. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings Stepped Up Same Game Parlay. Just go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the Same Game Parlay, combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more more likes you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, y'all. It has been an insane day. Got up about 6 a.m., started working on the signing day tracker. Like I said, 34 new players signed, sealed, delivered for CSU football. That's awesome. Again, gonna talk about that a ton in the coming days. We'll see how that class ultimately fills out. Uh, after working till about noon, I actually had to hop on the road and drive all the way over to the western slope. I was supposed to do it tomorrow. But now they're calling for that insane winter freeze. They're saying it can be like negative 40 with wind chill in some parts of the state. Didn't really want to mess around with that. Certainly didn't want to be on the road during National Signing Day. But at that point, I had, you know, the tracker updated, good to go. It was just a long one. Definitely a long one. Six hours on the road. I got out to the Western Slope, got all set up, able to watch that CSU game on the Pac-12 network. I saw some gripes online from some fans kind of bitching about, excuse my language, about the the commentary. I actually felt like for a, for a Pac-12 network, they were pretty complimentary of CSU and their players. Doesn't really matter. That's just my two cents on the situation. But uh, CSU ends up falling 73-64 to 64 to the Trojans out in Phoenix. Uh, the Rams, they close well. I mean, they hit five of their last five on the floor. Unfortunately, USC hit seven of their last nine to close and the Rams weren't kind of able to, to close that gap there. How many times can I say close in a couple of minutes? This was, it, it had the feel of a postseason game, in my opinion. I mean, it was just a heavyweight bout, both teams defending really hard, kind of throwing haymakers back and forth, five minute runs from each side. You know, It kind of felt like one side would get hot for five minutes and the other side would get hot for five minutes. But CSU really did play hard in this one. And, you know, I I hate, like, moral victories because at this point, CSU's far too established as a program to be calling, like, anything a moral victory. Like, the expectation is to win. This is a program that wins. The hope is to be, you know, in the mix for the Mountain West Championship, to go to the NCAA Tournament, all of that stuff. And this game was winnable. I mean, it was there for the taking. So in that sense, a disappointment, but... I also don't want to be hypercritical because I do feel like CSU played really hard in this one, and I think we've seen a lot of growth from this squad over the last month and a half because I, I think there's talent there. I, I still think they lack size in the post, and it really shows defensively, but I also think that they're coachable and they're learning from their mistakes. Like In this one, it was obviously a tough shooting performance. You only shoot 38% from the floor, 19% from three, both of those are some of their worst showings of the entire season. That didn't impact their effort defensively, though. The on-ball defense just top to bottom was awesome. They really made USC work for every bucket. Even when CSU wasn't finding the bottom of the net, they weren't letting that impact the effort that they gave on the other end. That was much different than Boulder. That's a great sign of growth and maturity. Being a good defender is obviously a skill, but it also largely just comes down to effort. And what we see time and time again from kind of inexperienced teams is when, you know, the shots aren't falling, you start, to, you start to lag a little bit on the defensive end. Your head just gets out of it. I really feel like three games in a row now, CSU's defended much more consistently. So that's, you know, again, just a sign of growth and a sign of maturity, which is awesome to see for an inexperienced up-and-coming squad, whatever you want to call them. I was also pretty pleased with the rebounding effort. Now, they did lose the battle on the glass. USC had 38 total rebounds. CSU only had 26. But you're facing a team with just a significant advantage in size. I mean, USC, as they said on the broadcast, one of the top five tallest teams in the country. And offensive rebounds, or giving up offensive rebounds, I should say, that's been a major problem for CSU in these types of games. In this one, you only gave up eight offensive rebounds, and you only gave up two second-chance points. That was huge. That was a big reason why even when, you know, offensively it was a struggle, there were, you know, multiple five-minute stretches in which they didn't score a field goal, COC was able to hang around. If you, you know, don't give up a ton of second-chance opportunities and you defend hard for 30 seconds every single possession, make the opponent work for a bucket, you're going to have an opportunity. Like, it's a game of runs, and that's why, you know, just being consistent defensively, to me, That's the sign of a mature team. That's also the sign of a a competitive team. And it's why, you know, it's always been the biggest emphasis under Nico Medved. Like, the offense is going to come. This team, they're efficient. They've shown it all year. They can score. But the fact of the matter is, if you don't defend consistently, if you're always getting punked on the glass, you're not going to win anything that matters. So I just, I wanted to lead with that because despite the fact that it was disappointing that this game got away from CSU, despite the fact that they missed an opportunity you know, to win a game against a big national brand in USC. There has been growth. I love the fight that we saw from this team. And I just love the defensive effort. You know, I I know there are going to be some people that listen to this and they're going to roll their eyes and they're going to say, you know, here's Justin, you know, trying to pump sunshine or whatever. Or they're going to be like, what does it matter that they did well? They still lost the game. You know, I've already explained that this is a program that expects to win you know, really, there's no such thing as a moral victory at this level. But this type of stuff does matter over the course of the season. And you're going to see it, you know, play a major impact in a win at some point. I guess that's all I'm trying to say. I mean, we already did an upset at St. Mary's. But we've seen significant improvement there. And hopefully they continue to improve there. Obviously, a really tough day shooting the ball. C S U just could not find the bottom of the net. And on top of that, like not only was it a rough day or night, you know, for the Rams shooting, it also felt like every single time CSU would rim out, you know, they'd have a good look, open look, would hit every part of the rim, still go out, and then USC would go down and like hit a transition three. They weren't great offensively either. It just felt like they were slightly more consistent than CSU was, just in terms of their execution. Were able to knock down. Just a few more open looks, a couple of tough ones as well. I do wonder, you know, how much of a factor dead legs played into this one for CSU, just given that, you know, they've been shorthanded now for a couple of games. No Jalen Lake, no Tavy Jackson again. You know, you're in a physical matchup against a really athletic and big team. You don't have as many guys as you're used to. You're coming off of the emotional high of picking up a road win at St. Mary's. I don't know. I think it's fair to say that it at least could have been a factor. And then, you know, on top of that, you're obviously given your all defensively. You know, when you do play that hard on defense, sometimes you suffer offensively. You know, sometimes the jump shots being, end up being a little bit short, and then you start overcompensating, and then, you know, you're pushing too hard. But the Rams definitely missed way more open looks than what we're used to seeing. 5 of 27 from 3 probably not gonna win very often when you know Tanje and Stevens go a combined O of 11 from three like that's that's a tough recipe for success you know sometimes the shots just don't fall it doesn't mean that it was a bad offensive possession it doesn't even mean you necessarily should have done something different other than make it I guess but that's that's how this game works you know so I'm bummed that they weren't able to pull this one out. It would have been huge for the resume, particularly after losing to CU and UNC the way that they did. But I just want to keep everything in perspective. Don't want to get too overreactionary here. Because I do think this was a good type of matchup to play in at the end of the non-conference slate before you open what's going to be just a really challenging conference slate this year. I mean, the top of the Mountain West looks really good. Opening at the pit against New Mexico, that's about as tough of a draw as it gets. I think the only thing that would be tougher, I guess, would be if, you know, CSU opened at Viejas or Laramie or something, you know, like a rivalry. Sometimes you lose tough ones. Sometimes the ball does not find the bottom of the net. And I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to talk about some of the individual performances for CSU. I do want to shout out our homies Breckenridge Brewery. Breck Brew has a beer for any of occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some Breck Brews, you know, on deck. They've been doing it all for 32 years, and you know, really it just comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. They're made with 100 percent renewable energy. Gotta love that. Try out some of our favorites. Right now they've got the Christmas ale and buddy pass, both of which are chef's kiss. I'm a simple guy. In the winter, I love just a, a nice avalanche amber ale especially if you're at an avalanche game. I mean, it's just fitting. Go check out Bunslinger. It's just fun to say. They're, co- they're a collaboration with Never Summer. And I, I know we're running out of time here, but, you know, if you need a last-minute holiday gift idea, enter your favorite beer lover into Breck's Niceless Sweepstakes. You can check that out at breckbrew.com. You can also check out the Breck Beer Locator, which is going to tell you the closest liquor store, grocery store, whatever near you that offers Breckenridge products. It is just a lifesaver. I hate, you know, walking down a liquor store trying to, you know, look through 8 million beers, hoping that they might have it with the Breck Beer Locator. You take all of that pain out of the process. Just see what's the closest one near you. Boom. Go there. Easy. You're done. I love Breck Brew. You love Breck Brew. We all love Breck Brew. Cool, 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 cool. Let's talk about some individual performances here. Isaiah Stevens, 15 points, 5 of 15 from the floor, so definitely not his best day offensively. 0 of 5 from 3, already covered that one. Did hit 5 of 6 free throws. I believe he missed the first one, then hit the next five. Three rebounds, 9 assists in this one, so 1 assist shy of that double-double. Did have 4 turnovers, which is a little bit high for him, but also considering, you know, how much the ball is in his hands in 39 minutes, not crazy either. They're trying to you know, create some opportunities, especially when they're down. I'll give them a little bit of a break on that one, especially because I I just genuinely feel like the best offensive sets in this one, they came out of Isaiah Stevens running the show. I mean, watching him facilitate for others or create a quality look for himself, it's like watching an NBA point guard. I mean, it's, it's like watching, you know, Chris Paul, Steve Nash, you name it, in action. And it was really fitting given that they were playing in Phoenix but I'm just so continually impressed by the composure that he plays with. Like he is a professional point guard running the show for CSU. And I just wanted to highlight that again, you know, it obviously didn't turn out the way CSU wanted in this one, but I I do feel like if it wasn't for a couple of key possessions there in the first half, all of which were dictated by Isaiah, a couple of mid range shots that he hit, and then a couple of other opportunities where he assisted on buckets for his teammates. If it wasn't for that, And really, really consistent defense top to bottom from the entire team. I mean, this game, it would have broke wide open in the first half. You know, like, I saw so many people kind of giving Tanjay a hard time because it was obviously a really tough shooting game. And it was. Like, I mean, he was 1 of 8 from the floor, 0 of 6 from deep. He himself would tell you he's got to be better offensively. That said, his effort defensively, especially on... You know, Boogie Ellis there was just insane. You know, and Drew Peterson as well. What He guarded both of those guys at various points. His, his effort on D this entire season has just been so stellar. Like, he is so active. He is moving everywhere. His hands, you know, he's disruptive in passing lanes. He's got his hand in the shooter's face. He's got his hand in the ball handler's face. It's the most underrated thing in basketball. And I genuinely mean that. Like, if you're going to be critical, that's fair. But bring the same energy the other way to recognize, you know, when somebody is doing something truly significant, because this isn't horse. Shot making is a big part of basketball, obviously, but it's not the only part of basketball. And far too frequently, we ignore guys that kill it on the defensive end. Kind of an awkward transition here, (laughs) because I'm going to essentially make the opposite point. Patrick Cartier... His ability to score in the post is pretty incredible. I mean, his footwork, his touch around the rim. It, it's it's something else. He had a game high or a, yeah, game high 22 points, 8 of 10 from the floor, 1 of 2 from deep. Played 23 minutes, that's about what he plays tonight, night, 22, 23. I think they've got to find a way to get him more minutes. And I know the reason that he's not is because he needs to be more consistent on the defensive end. Like, that, that's just what it comes down to. Like, he's got to be more consistent there. But he provides such a big scoring boost, and in a game like this, it was so huge. He's hard to keep off the floor, and maybe you have to do some wonky things, provide him some help down there uh, to just kind of try and make it a little bit easier defensively. Maybe it's more of playing him and Moores at the same time. And that's hard to do when you're, you know, also missing Lake and Tavy. but just because you only have so many guys that can go. I, I don't know, though. I just think with the way that he's scoring and just kind of how up and down CSU's been as a jump shooting team, it's nice to have a guy that you can consistently rely on to get you a bucket down low or draw a foul. But I've been really impressed with just how quickly he's been able to get in a rhythm as a scorer after making the jump from D2 to D1. And I, he was a D2 All-American, so like I'm trying to put respect on his name, but it doesn't always translate that quickly. He's a bucket, man. That guy's a walking bucket. Really nice game for Isaiah Rivera. I don't think he's necessarily going to be a superstar, like even when Isaiah moves on. I do think he is a really quality basketball player that just does all the little things. And I'm I'm genuinely not trying to be dismissive because I like his game. I love his mid-range game especially. I love when he posts guys up and backs them in. He's not scared to go against a, a bigger guy. I think he plays within control. I I think he does a really good job of of not forcing bad, you know, shots that aren't there. But, I mean, he's just defending and rebounding and, you know, making that extra swing pass and occasionally, you know, getting that that mid-range score that CSU desperately needs. And I just think it's cool to see, you know, like, I've already made this point quite a few times this year, so I'm not going to go on and on and, you know, start sounding like a broken record, but... For a guy to play as much as he did and then kind of be in the shadows to finally get his opportunity, it's cool to see him seizing that. Especially in an era where so many guys, if they don't play right away, you know, they don't play within the first six to 12 months, they're out. Riv has worked for every minute he has ever been given, and he earned this opportunity to be one of the key players in the rotation this year. In the starting lineup, I shouldn't, you know, to, to be one of the key guys on the floor this year. And I just think that's cool to see. So, you know, again, tough night, but just trying to, you know, point out some of the positives when we can. Last thing I want to say here, and I've kind of already made this point, but I just don't think we need to be all that dramatic. You know, they, they played hard. They were in it. If they have Tavy and Jalen, I think CSU probably wins this one. I think they get just enough offensively to, to pull out a W. Maybe not. But in my opinion, it's about as good as you can feel about a loss. Because again, you know, there really are no such thing as, as moral victories at this level. You know, we want to win these games. We want CSU to be in the mix. They're good enough to win them. But we've seen signs of growth and maturity. You know, there are things that this team is doing well, there are things that they need to improve on. But they're a coachable group. They play hard. And they're gonna be, you know, in the mix just about every night. You know, sure, some nights you're just not gonna have it and you're going to lose. But this this could have been one of those nights where just, you know, offensively it wasn't there and you start, you know, hanging your heads, you start, you know, being a step slow defensively, not rebounding quite as strong, and instead of losing by 9, you lose by 30 and get embarrassed on national TV. I think the growth that we're seeing from this group is going to pay off down the stretch. I do think they'll pull, you know, another upset or two that that many people don't see coming. Also, hope probably lose some frustrating games. You know, that's just kind of how it goes when you have young guys and have to rely on them. Definitely need to respond, but the sky is not falling. So that's where I'm at on this one. I will break down National Signing Day, talk tons about this 2023 signing class in the next couple of days. I'll have some more written content coming out as well. Shout out to all of you. I hope you're staying safe out there, staying warm. We'll see what happens with this uh, storm that they're projecting. But I appreciate all you guys. Happy holidays. Much love. Peace.